So uh, let's just open in prayer. And I think probably what we'll do, just for, for practical purposes, John, however you like to do it, uh, you want to like ask if there's any uh, questions. Ra- as you go raise along. your hand and wait for me to call on you. Okay, raise your hand. <laughs> raise your hand and I'll let you know that it's up. Raise your hand and I'll let you know that it's up. So I'll, I'll sort of play. No, play if, if you want to interject, just speak up and, and throw your two cents in and I can just stop. So that, okay. that, that works. That works for me. Whatever works for you. <laughs> All right, let's pray then. Uh, Father, we thank you for the morning this morning, and we look forward always to your word. We look forward to it together all week. I know we have. And uh, as, as much as we enjoy our time alone with you, we feel like the body. We feel like we're back with our arms and legs and feet and hands. And we just we just really feel one. So thank you for uniting us first to yourself and uniting us to one another in such a way as this. And now give us, um, give your servant John an unction to... Teach and lead us in an understanding that will give us reason to rejoice further still in you and to commit ourselves even more deeply to the propagation of the gospel in word and deed. Amen. 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 So it's an honor and privilege to be uh, teaching this morning, so I thank you for the opportunity. Um, like Pat was asking, so we're going to, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 19. We're going to be looking through verses 11 to 27, and there's a, a lot of ground to cover. I, Lord willing, I hope I can cover it all, but we'll, we'll see what happens. But Luke 19, verses 11 to 27. Uh, it, it, I did not memorize all the verses. I could have, but that would, I would have used a lot of my time memorizing those. So we can do a little uh, audience participation. So if anyone wants to read 11 to 27, that would be uh, appreciated. Luke 19? Yeah, Luke 19, 11, 27. While they were listening to these things, Jesus went on to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem and they supposed that the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. So he said a nobleman went to, the, went to a distant country to receive a kingdom for himself and then return. And he called ten of his slaves and he gave them ten minas and said to them, do business with this until I come back. But the citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we do not want this man to reign over us. When he returned, after receiving the kingdom, he ordered that these slaves to whom he had given the money be called to him so he might know what business they had done. The first appeared saying, Master, your your mina had made ten minas more. And he said to them, "Well," and he said to him, "Well done, good slave, because you have been faithful in a very little things, you are to be in authority over ten cities." The second came to him and said, "Your mina, master, uh, saying, your mina, master, had made five minas." And he said to him, "And you are to be over five cities." And another one came to him saying, "Master, here is your mina, which I kept put away in a handkerchief." For I was afraid of you, because you are an exacting man. You take up what you did not lay down, and reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, By your own words I will judge you, you worthless slave. Did you know that I am an exacting man, taking up what I did not lay down, and reap what I did not sow? Then why did you not put my money in the bank, and and having come I would have collected it with interest? Then he said to the bystander, Take the mina away from him and give it to one who has the ten minas. And he said to him, Master, he has ten minas already. And I tell you that everyone who has more shall be given more, 
For from one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. But these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slay them in my presence. Whew. Just the way that ends, uh, it caught me a, month, a few months ago and Pat was like, hey, you want to teach from the parable? I was like, oh man, I, I won in mind. I've been going through. I mean, just the way that ends, you're like, oh man, that, you know, you didn't see that coming, you know, like just bring the ones that didn't want me to be king and slay them in front of me, like, you know, total and utter destruction. But so, like I said, there's a, there's a lot going on here. Jesus is the master of parables it's awesome the way he uses the parables to to speak these spiritual spiritual truths into you know his followers his believers and at the same time he's masking spiritual truths to the non-believers so they can't it can't be understood it's amazing how he he covers up but reveals at the same time the, the way he does it it's, it's so amazing and, and awesome you know so when he uses these parables he conveys these spiritual truths through like everyday life through you know just stories that people would know like historically or through customs traditions social enterprises like he would use all of these things that were familiar to his audience and and he would kind of take the the natural and swing it over into the spiritual and so he would grab their attention with the natural and then bring these spiritual truths within the natural story um and so he does this exactly with this parable um this parable you may seem a little familiar in Matthew 25. This same parable is there, and I don't want to say same because it's a little bit different. It's not the same time as this parable when Jesus was talking, and so that parable actually has a different application. So we're not going to be pulling from the Matthew parable at all. It's a totally different application, totally different time that Jesus uh, talked about that parable in his ministry. So these these two stand on their own. Um, let's see. So, you know, a nobleman goes away uh, to, to the king, who's the higher authority, to give him his kingdom. So that, that's how Jesus starts off the, this story. You know, the kingdom is the very country he's going to leave and to go away and, and, to re, and to kind of officially receive his kingdom. So he leaves and he gives his servants a certain money, money to work with. You know, give this, you know, be, be uh, diligent, be pragmatic. We'll get into that word a little bit later on. But, you know, it's like here, here's some, you know, some things to work with. Be faithful and I'll come back. He expects they'll do his business while he's gone. They can demonstrate the love that they have for the master or for the king, the respect that they have. And so when he comes back, he's going to evaluate everything that was done while he was gone. So, but while he's going away to receive this kingdom, some, in Jesus' story, citizens actually create a delegation to follow this leader back to the king to, to say, we don't want this man reigning over us. We don't want this guy to be our king. So they protest. They, they send you know, a group of people go and follow this guy, and they're, they're, they're going to go to the, this other uh, king and say, we don't want this guy ruling and reigning over us. We, we don't like him. We disapprove of him. And, and we'll get into why that is here in a minute. And so in, 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 four, in verse 14 it says, But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him. We don't want this man to reign over us. So there are three groups of people here in this story. There's the group of people that did what they were supposed to do, that they were given money and said, Hey, you know, m multiply this money for me and I'll come back. There are two that, the, the second group of people didn't do what they were supposed to do. And the third <coughs> group of people are those who hate him. So the ones that did what they were supposed to do were rewarded. The second ones that didn't do what they were supposed to do were rejected. 
and the third that hated him were destroyed. Mm-hmm. And what's amazing about this story is all of us fit into one of these three groups. Mm-hmm. All of us are in one of these categories. Mm-hmm. Um, you're either a true servant of the nobleman, you're a false servant of the nobleman, or you're his enemy. Mm-hmm. There's no other categories here. So, the, so back to the you know the story that Jesus is telling. This is a story that hit, that the people would know. He's on his way to Jerusalem. Um, he he's uh, he's in Jericho right about now. And so, th- this particular area he's in, when he tells this story, his audience is going to be like, "Oh yeah, we know who he's talking about." Mm-hmm. This is this is you know this is the story that Jesus is referring to. So when I started studying this, I was like, "Man, this is so amazing!" Like the history and, and just, you know the, these all these words mean something. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this time, you know, Rome kind of ruled this part of the world, and they and they ruled over Israel. Um, and it, you know, Israel was under their rule. Caesar was the ultimate ruler uh, of of this whole kingdom. So Rome understood that the you know these different areas had their own you know they had their own culture they had their own ways of doing things they had uh, their own traditions course of actions and so Rome wanted to kind of play nice with that and not like just kind of rule with an iron fist in a sense and and, and rule over them and say no you're changing everything you're doing this is how we do things now and so they tried to hire or not hire but put in these uh, they were still considered kings but they're under Caesar um, John I was going to sure. ask you if I may Yeah. Um, you made reference to the three types of people mm. that actually we are as well mm. as, as well as into this story could you just highlight a little bit uh, very very briefly mm. th- again those three types Sure. So, so the, if you look quickly at the, the the sort of the three servants, you have the one who had the the ten, the, the mine, the first one that had the mine and, and made ten more. Yeah. And and Jesus said, "Well, well done, slave. I'm going to give you ten more mina, and here's you know here's ten cities to rule over." But then and there was another servant that had growth, but not as much. So th- those two servants were the same. The second servant, though, and we'll get more into this later on, but the second servant just said, oh, here, I, I knew you're an exacting man. You know, you reap what you don't sow. I was afraid of you. So I just took your mind and I, and I, and I put it in a cloth. And so he, 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 that, that servant could have cared less about the master or the king. He could have cared less about his respect or, or doing what he asked him to do. He, he was, you know, lackluster and, and sort of serving the king. He just kind of did his own thing. And if it benefited him, fine. But if not, he wasn't too... You know, too worried about it. So he basically was okay with serving the king as long as it was comfortable for him to do. Exactly. Uh, we are like that at times as well. Totally, yeah. Okay. And then there was the third, you know, servants, or not servants, but the third group of people that just hated this king. They did not want him to rule over him, and they hated him. And so they obviously didn't serve him at all. Right. And like at the end, that very last verse was, you know, the ones that that, you know, that were against me, bring them before me and slay them. Thank you, John. So, um, so, so these lands would have other kings uh, over them, that, but you know, but obviously, and they they would you know be in touch with Caesar and let him know everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rome had to confirm them as king. They couldn't just assume you know kingship. That's why, like in the story, the nobleman had to go away, receive kind of the official you know whatever it was that they needed in order to become like the official king. Hmm. Um, so the king, the kings that were that ruled in Israel, they they weren't Israelites or Jew, they weren't Jews or Romans. They were, uh, um, 
I can't, I'm not going to pronounce it right, Adumenians. Um, they're of the family called the Herods, which that might sound like a familiar name. So King Herod, the, the most familiar one, he started ruling in 40 B.C. And I ruled until, I think I have 4 B.C. here, but it might have been 4 A.D. I might have written down that wrong. But So Herod ruled from 40 B.C. to either 4 B.C. or 4 A.D. Um, in his will, he left his rule to his three sons. Each son, each son took authority right away. Now, this is before they got the, the official okay from Caesar, but since Herod left it in his will, they got to kind of assume uh, this leadership over these kingdoms. So the kingdom was divided in terms of rule. So the son that was given Judea, where Jericho is, his name's Archelaus. And so here's where people were like, we know who, the, we know who Jesus is referencing here. So Archelaus had built a palace in Jericho. And so Jesus right now is on his way through Jericho. Um, so th- this is why it's so pertinent. Um, so when Archelaus first took rule, the first Passover, he slaughtered 3,000 Jews on Passover. It was his way of terrifying the people into his, his, his rule, his leadership, his, his kingdom. So the people hated him and despised everything about Archelaus. They, they were just like, we do not want this guy over us. So the time came for him to go to Rome and, and receive the official you know, th- uh, rulership over this area. And so they sent a delegation following Archelaus saying, we, you know, they, they, they appealed to saying to Caesar, we do not want this guy over us. He is evil. He's brutal. And so you know, Caesar, kind of trying to be the people pleaser, was like, all right, Archelaus, uh, you, you're king, but you're not, we're not going to let you be called king. Um, you're going to have to sort of earn you know, that label. Um, okay, I, I thought I might have written down what it was called, but there, there's another title other than king. So, so basically, Caesar said, "Okay, you're you're kind of king, but you can't call yourself king." Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is referencing, you know, this story. So he's like, "Here, let you know. Here's what I'm about to tell you." So you know, the, so the nobleman goes away to the king to receive his kingdom. You know, Jesus is the nobleman. Mm-hmm. You know, he's saying, "I'm going away." I'm going to be going away, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but in verse 10, Jesus said, I came to seek and save that which was lost. He was, it was, uh, he was at Zacchaeus' house. And so, in verse 11, it talks about, and they suppose, again, they're on their way to Jerusalem, the Jewish people are thinking, here comes our kingdom, we've been waiting for this guy, here's the Messiah, our kingdom's going to be put in place, we're going to put Rome in its place, we're going to put everyone in its place, and Christ is going to rule and reign, and we're just going to finally have, you know, our, the domination that, you know, our, our Bible has told us about. And so that's what they're expecting, but Jesus has to tell this parable saying, no, 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 no. The kingdom isn't. It's not the kingdom you're expecting. Isn't going to be now. Mm-hmm. I I came here to seek and save that which was lost. Right now, this is a salvation work I'm doing here right now. Right, right. The kingdom you're waiting for is coming, but it's not here. It, it's a, a now, but not yet kind of thing. Um, you know, and we, we, that's that's a whole other teaching about the kingdom being here, the kingdom within us, and we're the we're the temple of God. I mean, that's a whole other teaching. But Jesus is talking about his his second coming here. That final kingdom that you're waiting for, it's coming, but it's not here. So Jesus is saying, there's an old man that went away for a time. So his ascension, he's gone away, and he's going to be coming back. And so, you know, don't forget there's three kinds categories of people: faithful, false, and and foe. Wow, I like that. So, 
<laughs> All right, I jumped ahead of my notes. Does anyone have anything they want to interject before I, as I find my place here? <laughs> You're doing fine. Yeah, yeah, really. Okay. They were pretty brutal anyway, right? All the hair weren't they? Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, they weren't really any kind ones. Jonathan, <laughs> one uh, parallel we can find in the scriptures is when Moses went up onto the mountain. It says that the people below says Moses delays his coming, mm -hmm. mm. and in the interval of time between Moses being up there and coming back, the people got restless, anxious, mm. and they built a molten calf, mm. a false idol, and they danced around it and said, "Let it, let us, you know, get up and make us gods so that we can worship." Mm. Um, so you know, the Lord's absence right now from us in the world is really the testing time whether we're going to be building idols or whether we want to have Christ to reign over us. Mm, mm, that, that, that's very poignant for this parable, definitely. Uh, like you said, like, you know, when we, when we get to that point, when he comes back, he, he, it's going to be accounting time. You know? what, are the, what are some of the uh, idols that we have today? I mean, there's a, there's a lot. I mean, money, fame, power. Sure. I mean, even, even making up a known God of our, our, our imagination. You know, people that are like, and when you start teaching the Bible, they say, oh, my God's not like, like that. Like, right, because it's yeah. a figment of your imagination. Like, yeah, you know, people can design their own God in their mind. Like, I like this part of this God or this part of that God. I don't like these parts, so my yeah. God won't be like that. And, and so that, people, that's an idol all on its own. I know a guy who said, I love the God of the New Testament, but I don't like the God of the Old Testament. He was me. Mm, yeah, 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 exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, here I put, you know, Christ comes first as Savior and then as King. <laughs> you know, he didn't. He didn't come to overthrow. Um, he didn't come to overthrow Rome and set up this kingdom right away. He didn't come to right all wrongs socially. He didn't come to straighten out civil iniquities. Mm -hmm. Didn't come to make the nation a world moral. He didn't come to establish economic justice. Mm -hmm. He didn't come to establish Jew Jewish tribalism. So they're expecting all these things now, mm -hmm. and so that's why Jesus is telling them, "No, the nobleman has to go away, and he's going to come back." He came to do the work of salvation, like I was saying. So he was nearing Jerusalem and the tension was coming for the kingdom. Um, so the word appear here, uh, the word is uh, arnafino. I may be saying that wrong, but the, the Greek word for appear is arnafino. It's a nautical term. It means to show up on the horizon. So as they're walking through Jericho, they're, they're going to be reaching this plateau. And they're going to be able to see down into Jerusalem, just from what I was reading on like geography. Like they're expecting to kind of come over this horizon, and they were thinking like Jerusalem was going to be like this shining city, like waiting for Christ to just come in and take over. You know, like to, to just sit down on his throne and and start to rule and reign. Like that's what they they were expecting. And so Christ had to, you know, Jesus had to say, no, 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 let's slow down. Like this, this is what's happening. And so, uh, verse 12, again, nobleman just means born of significant birth. And, of course, Christ is definitely born of uh, significant birth. Um, so, when he went to a, dis a distant country, he, that's when he ascended. He, he, go, he went away to receive the kingdom. He's at the right hand, of God, right hand of God crowned. He's now in the position of his coronation, and he's waiting to come back. The Father established him as Lord. Giving him a name higher than any other name. Amen. So, verse 13. So, he gave them ten minas and told them to, to do business. And uh, 
we get the Greek word pragma here, which is pragmatism. That's the word that they're using for business. Um, so, you know, what's going on with this part? So, if you want to be known as a trust, trustworthy servant, if you want to be rewarded as a trustworthy servant, if you have any love for me, any respect for me, any desire to honor me, any commitment to this estate, any commitment to this kingdom, and you want to enter into the benefits of my kingdom, you will be faithful. Mm-hmm. You will do my work. Well done, good and faithful. Servant. Yeah. And like we're not saved by works, mm-hmm. but we're saved onto works. We, we, after we recognize the work that's been done on our behalf, we are going to be totally willing or wanting to lay our life down to, like Jesus said, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. Put, lay down any of your selfish ambitions, lay down anything that is of you and do my Father's will, just like I did. Be, be like I was. And so that's what, that's what we're here to do. John, could you comment for a minute on what that looks like in everyday life, everyone? Because that, I think it's easy for us to see that in the big picture. But now I, I, I continue to learn that there, are, especially the laying aside selfish ambition, that can, mm. that can even be in helping somebody else. Yeah, yeah, it's I, totally. Yeah, you're right there. Like you know, what's what? It, it's almost like a. It, it's not easy to do, very hard to do, and I, I would say we do that nowhere near as often as we should. Where we need to be taking almost like a mental check of ourselves like why am I doing this mm-hmm. you know what's my motivation behind it mm-hmm. am, am I doing it because I really want to do it or am I doing it because like ah I guess I'm supposed to do this you know I'm going to call myself a Christian and you know how's that going to look if I don't do it or you know so it's like we really need to just check our, our motivation behind everything we almost say and do like you know just praying for God God what is your will for my life like mm-hmm. that that's one of the things I constantly pray for myself I mm-hmm. feel like for the past 10 years of my life, it's like you try to kind of work God into your plan, you know, like, okay, here's my, here's my goals. All right, God, I'll, I'll, how can I weave you in here? You know, like how, how can I be serving you, but kind of doing what I I think I should be doing or whatever. Like you just need to like spend time and just be like, you know what? I'm done with doing anything that I shouldn't be doing, regardless of if you think it's beneficial, profitable, whatever, like unless we're doing his will, it's, it's a waste of time. Yeah. And so it's a hard, a hard place to come to. Mm-hmm. John, uh, Gary mm. wants to know if he can still watch football on the television. <laughs> <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> uh, even on Sunday? Yeah. Especially. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, this is, this is a call to live a life that honors the nobleman. When he comes back, he's going to want to know what you've done. Mm. This, will, this is going to tell him, do you love me? Do you honor me? Do you respect me? So we're coming to the two types of servants here. So the first one you know, was the faithful and the false. So verse 14, we meet the foes. Uh, so I guess, uh, yeah, so my notes, I kind of covered the foes first. Um, so in verse 14, again, words are powerful and they're chosen for a very specific reason. So if you notice in verse 14, it says, his citizens. Mm-hmm. Everyone belongs to God. You might hate him. You might reject him. He owns you. He's sovereign over you. You could be an atheist, a Muslim, or a Buddhist. Christ owns you. You live in this country, and he made this country. By creation, he owns you. Would you consider the concept of trusting because you trust 
the motive is that you trust, therefore you serve, rather than uh, the motive being you fear. Mm. So you well, I, I would say it's even more of a gratitude when you understand the gospel. When you, when you understand your position as a human being as depraved as you are mm-hmm. and the grace that was given to you totally not deserving of any of it at all and then when you realize that when you come to that realization you will serve preach it brother you know John do you think that in, in some ways these um, minus that are given are uh, symbolic of spiritual gifts yes definitely hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um, and I'll, I'll get to that in a second um you can accept Christ and he has everything to do with you. Mm-hmm. You can reject him and he has everything to do with you. Mm. You can have nothing to do with, you, with him and he still has everything to do with you. Mm-hmm. And the story also indicates, uh, and when the story says that they hated him, but if you look at John fifteen twenty five, it says they hated him with no cause. Mm. Sounds familiar. The, the Jews didn't want Archelaus to reign over him, but he did. And people don't want Christ to reign over him, but he is. Mm-hmm. Amen. On, you know, on, the, yeah. on one note, not that this probably really means anything, but I thought it was interesting. You know, Archelaus destroyed or slaughtered 3,000 people mm-hmm. on, on the Passover. On the day of Pentecost, Christ saved 3,000. Oh, that's awesome. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Yeah, and I just said he's... Christ has been coronated and crowned. He is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Mm-hmm. He will rule the world. He will rule the world. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. I noticed John too in the story. Um, Jesus says that he wants them to work with that mina. Mm. He didn't say don't lose it. Exactly. He said use it, mm. work with it, mm. do something with it. Yes. Uh, John, you know, you're mentioning the universal lordship of Jesus. Mm. I think that's important that we grasp that because sometimes we almost think that we're the only ones who have something to do with Jesus, whereas the whole world has an accountability to him. Yes. And we'll bow the knee to him and are answerable to him. Um, and they live before him, whether we live or whether we die. We are the Lord, and I think that can be applied to everybody. Mm-hmm. Whoever lives, whoever dies, they're all answerable to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And His Lordship right now is, although it's only evident in the, the, the community of the faithful, of those who have faith, He's still reigning even over His enemies. And I yeah. think we're going to get to that time. Yeah, yeah, no, I put here, so those who hate Christ and the Gospel will face him as their king and mm. judge. Mm. Just like here. Yeah. And so, verse 15, I put, we see him coming back in his glory. And he ordered the slaves to come, that served him, to come to him. And he called them to know what business that they have done. So now, I put here, now it's accounting time. Judgment day. Mm. So, so the first slave, if, we, if you look at him, he, when he approaches the, the master, he says... Master, you're mina. So, so he's this slave is calling him master, like as a term of respect, mm-hmm. like master. And he says, "You're mina. The thing that you gave me, look what it did. I used your mina that you gave me, master, and look at what it did. It multiplied. Like he was, he was almost astonished at, at the growth that he got from it. He, you know, I, I did what you told me to do, but your mina, look at what it did. It multiplied into all this. 
he was humble and he wasn't arrogant about you like oh look look what I did you know with what you gave me I did all this he wasn't like that he's like look at what your mina did it, it grew into this and the second slave was humble too <coughs> but and and so kind of like what Tony was saying speaking speaking on spiritual gifts and stuff you know the, the first slave that was faithful uh, it multiplied into ten, into ten the second slave it multiplied in, into five. So God gives each of us different gifts. We have different callings, different things that we're good at. Regardless of your multiplication, I think the point here is is to be faithful with what God has given you. God's not going to give a, you know, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. You're, you're better. You got this much growth. Well done, good and faithful servant. You're okay. You got this much. No. At the end of the day, we want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Regardless of, of the output. We just want to be faithful with what God has given us and to use it to its fullest extent. John, yeah. one point here. In, in verse uh, 16, he says, uh, the first one appeared and said, Master, your mind uh, did this. And uh, the master says, well done, good mm. slave. Mm. Mm. And he doesn't say that to the second uh, servant. Mm. He says, uh, uh and you are to be over five cities. Mm. He doesn't uh, acknowledge him as a. Uh, mm, that's a good. I didn't pick up on that. That's good, good, Wally. Good job. Yeah. And uh, and 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 I think that maybe the second slave listened to the presentation of the first slave, and and realized when he said I did this, and then G, uh, the master said, "Well done." So he was almost expecting to hear a "Well done" too, mm. and didn't get it. Mm. You know? hmm, that's interesting. The mind says likewise. He said to the second, the second one. What verse okay. are you looking at? In, in at verse Greek. nineteen, it says 19. likewise. He said to the one who had the five. Likewise means he said exactly the same thing that he said to the other one. Mm. Not necessarily. Right. The word likewise might not necessarily. I'm not going to wrestle, yeah. but the word likewise might mean similarly, rather than exactly. Mm. Well, it, it, they both got, they both got what they what they had. They gave out exactly the same. It's a matter It's a matter of the the version. Another, another thing that I thought was interesting too is in here and here where you're seeing the word slave. Where a lot of the times throughout the New Testament you'll see servant. Where really the the true Greek word is slave, and that that's a whole other sort of teaching. But it's interesting to see that he, they're using the word slave here. Right. Um, that that likewise portion could be that it just meant that he doubled it also. Mm, yeah, ten yeah. Gave ten more. The five gave five more. Yeah, so that that could be it too. Right. So in, in verse twenty, the, the, there's a word, an, the, the word another, and another slave, right? So this word another, the Greek word is uh, heterogeneous. It means different, not orthodox. So there's this is another type of slave. Mm. So again, the words are are awesome here. I, I love digging deep yeah. like this. So. Um, Here's a different kind of person, a different kind of slave. So he kept it in a cloth. So from what I, I read, um, r- rabbis would, would have said, if you keep something in a cloth, you could care less about it. If you actually cared about something, you would bury it. You would not just wrap it in a cloth and be like, oh, here, I kept this for you. Like, it, 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 you don't put something of value in a handkerchief, you bury it, the rabbis would say. Mm-hmm. So, so this guy is just careless, thoughtless. He, he could care less. For just being like, oh, I, I wrapped it in this cloth. Here you go. You know, he, he can't be bothered. The easiest thing to do is to put it in his cloth. He had no desire to honor the nobleman. No desire to exalt the nobleman. 
no desire to prove himself worthy, no desire to please him. He, he just wanted to put, you know, tuck this thing away, to go about his business. And when the nobleman came back, he's like, here you go, you know, here's what you gave me, you got it back, you know, thanks. And so, you know, so, and and I put here like I I would say I would say that this guy's no true believer. He's he's calling the liar uh, the Lord like a liar and a thief. He, he makes all these claims against him. Um, but then the Lord calls him out and says, "Oh, oh, if you're so afraid of me, then why don't you put in a bank?" He's kind of like calling his bluff. Like, look, I know you're lying to me now. Like, you're you're so afraid of me, and yet you didn't even at least put it in the bank and and accrue some kind of interest. Like, you, you could have cared less. You, you weren't afraid of me. In the uh, in in the uh, Strong's Concordance, when you would look up maybe the, look up the word master. Mm. Uh, it might also use the word Lord as a as an over uh, someone who is over you. Yeah, and, uh, and so therefore the words are interchangeable. Yeah, and it's great because when we think about Christ, we think about the Father. Mm-hmm. We're thinking here, Master, Lord, and it's not a play on words, but it's uh, it's very very similar. I, I can't think of the right term, but. Mm. Um. So, so with this slave, he takes the mina away from him, he, and he gives it to the faithful slave with the ten. Like one little thing here that I'd interject that I thought was cool here is like, it's just God giving more grace. You know, God gave the first slave the ten; it grew into ten, and it was all God, His grace, all God doing it. But the the slave was was faithful with what He gave him, and so God's given him even more grace. Hey, here's another one. You didn't, you didn't deserve the first ten. You didn't deserve for me to put you over these ten cities. Let me give you something else you don't deserve. You know, and and the other the other slaves are like, well, why does he? Why are you giving him that? He's already got ten. You know, you already gave him rule of the city. Like, why why are we so opposed to seeing people graced and favored and and given more? Like, why 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 are we quick to be like? Oh, why is that person so lucky or blessed? Or why yeah, yeah, why does it seem like God really, you know, does so much for this person? What about me, you know? And but we're we're so we're, we're so quick to be like that, but not to be like, man, God is so awesome. Look at everything He's doing for you. Look at everything He's given you. Like, you know, praise God. You know, we're we're, we're easy to be like. Well, what about me? Mm, that would be like the second guy rather than the first guy, because the first guy was blessed with. Yeah, yeah. It didn't say like who was saying it, but I wonder if that second guy was saying it. Like, why you give it to him? You know, like. <laughs> John, that uh, this, this guy here, this third guy here, he really <clears throat> he says when you reap what you did not sow, it's mm. a completely different attitude. You know, yeah. He had every right to sow. You know what I mean? Because yeah. Of who he was, it, it reminds me of you didn't build that. You know, <laughs> that's worldly thinking. Yeah. You know, and, and so not only does that mina get taken away from him, but everything does. Mm. If you think about it, you know, privileged position within the, the family of God. You know, um, you know, these these are people like that that connect with the church. You know, they're surrounded by the privileges of the true gospel. They make a profession, serve for their serve for their own purposes. Don't really have a relationship with the Lord. They have no love, no desire to honor Him. You know, they think they think at some points maybe God's harsh or unkind. Mm. Um, you know, these, these are the, the kind of people that this this slave here that it's kind of talking about. You know, the the accounting time is going to come, and then they're going to get stripped of everything at the end. Right. They're, they're going to be those people crying out, "Lord, Lord!" You know, they're going to be thinking, "Oh well, 
you know, it's it's funny even on you know that Matthew seven they cry out Lord Lord. It's funny how they they point to their works. They're like, we cast out demons in your name. We we did this in your name. We did that in your name. I mean, you know, if if I if I were them and and Jesus would have been like, you know, hey, I never knew you. Don't you know turn turn away. I would just say, Lord, I I come. I have nothing to come to you with. I. I can only come to you by your blood. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be pointing at, look at, I did this for you, I did that for you, let me in. Because I know that that's not going to get me in. And so they, they were leaning on their works, that, you know, right. pointing out, Lord, Lord, you know, we did this, we did that. You know, and he's going to say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. John, this third per, uh, type person who um, says to the Lord... You are a severe man, mm. ESV says. Mm-hmm. Others have austere man yeah. or stern. When Jesus does, Jesus concur with that when he says, "You know that I was a severe man." How, how does Jesus concur or seem to concur with the perception that the man had of who? the master was mm. the noble man? Mm. Yeah, I, th- I, I think in the he is sort of concurring in a point. I mean, it's hard for us to, obviously, with a finite mind, to really understand the totality of Christ and God. But it's like, is God love? Yes. Yeah. 100%. Is God wrath? Yes. 100%. And so, you know, people want to take the love, 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 but at the end of the day, when Christ comes back, we're going to see, you know, how wrathful he can be. At the final judgment, we're going to see how wrathful he can be. I mean, even that last verse. Now take those who hated me and slay them. Yeah. And the parable ends that way. Mm. So, yes, Christ can be harsh in a sense. I mean, and he has every right to be. You now, we've sinned against him, a holy, righteous king, a holy, righteous God. We've sinned against him, and we deserve nothing but his harshness, honestly. You know, it says also, it says, in, in my version, on verse 21, it says, you are, uh, because you are an exacting man, mm. which is a similar uh, phraseology, uh, and yet, Jesus, uh, well, the master turns to him and said, by your own words, I will judge you. Judge you. In right. other words, you knew ahead of time that I'm an exacting man. Why didn't you take care of things that you should have taken care of? Because you didn't care. Yeah, yeah. And like, well, like I said, he kind of just called him out. Like, if you were so afraid of me, you should have put him in the bank. Yeah. But instead, you just totally careless, thoughtless. You, could, yeah. you couldn't be bothered. Yeah, I, mean, I don't even know. If, um, I wonder if... You know the other possibility is Jesus is just using those words. So, like, well, if you if you really believed that, then why didn't you do thus and so? Yeah, exactly. yeah. Like the, he's kind of calling him out on it. So yeah. I don't, you know, maybe it doesn't really even matter whether he is that type of man or not. It's just using. He's just exposing that man's beyond everything else he's already done. Exposing mm. his hypocrisy. Yeah. He's a hypocritical hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> is that the first hippie? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I put here like the, those people that will be shut out of the kingdom. You know, like this this other servant that gets everything stripped away from him. He's they're going to be like those oilless virgins that are shut out from the kingdom. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then I put here our Lord deals with his foes um, at the end of that last verse and bring those ones that were against me and slay them. Mm. And so, you know, there's, there's like I said, there's a lot going on here where. You know, Christ is saying the kingdom's coming, but it's, it's a now, not yet. You got you guys think it's going to come in the next month, but it's not. I have to go away, but I'm doing my salvation work here now. This is why I'm here right now. This is a salvation work, and I will come back. 
and then I'm going to give you these gifts, and the, the helper is going to come, you're going to have these gifts, and I'm going to bestow you with these gifts, and I'm going to come back, and then we're going to see what you did with them. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what servant mm-hmm. are you going to be at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. You know, that you're either going to be, you know, with the sheep or the goats, and he's going to separate us. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be that white, you know, the white uh, throne judgment at the end. And so it'll be accounting time then. It's funny because you say sheep and goats, yet there's three types, but type two and type three will be with the goats. Yeah, yeah. Type two? Yeah. The, the unfaithful servant. The unfaithful servant. Oh, correct. Thank you. But the, the, the unfaithful, if you want to call them, the second one, the unfaithful servant, mm. um, are you saying that they're destroyed as well? Well, it's hard, it's hard, uh, you're kind of reading between the lines there. It doesn't it just says everything will be could. stripped from them. Mm-hmm. Um, I take that as sort of. I think a lot of it has to do with your the motive. If their motive is you're going to do it because it's uh, what we're supposed to do, and they don't really <coughs> have a, a true belief and they don't have a true love for God, then yeah, everything is going to be stripped from them. And they are going to be. But uh, everything is not stripped from them because in Matthew 19 it says, "His master answered, you take charge of five cities.'" Yeah. <coughs> so that, those are the two faithful servants, so the one after him, it the, depends the upon one that wrapped in the cloth. Faith. You know, there's the parable too of the the, the, the tares among the wheat. You know, and the, there was a field, and the enemy went and sowed sowed you know the the tares among the wheat. And they said, "Master, should we should we take them out now?" He's like, "No, we'll take them out later. Let everything grow now, mm-hmm. and we'll take it out of the end." So, you know, kind of coming back to the, you know, Matthew 7, when they cry out, Lord, Lord, you know, there's going to be that time of, of, you know, taking out those tares among the wheat. So, I mean, I guess you could kind of take that either way. Because, I mean, I know in Corinthians 2, it talks about the beam of judgment where, you know, all of your worthless things are going to be burned away. Like, all of your worthless works will be burned away. So, maybe you could, you know, escape with that sort of that judgment where... You know, maybe everything burns up. I, I don't know. I don't. You know, I'm not the uh, the final judge of that. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I guess maybe it's possible you could have everything burned up, but still still escape the the final judgment. I, I don't really know. Could you say that the one that had the five minus that didn't multiply it as much as the one that had the ten? Mm. Nevertheless, he did multiply it, and. Um, I like to think of an analogy when Jesus said about the good seed that's sown into the good ground. Mm. There are some that produce a hundredfold, others sixtyfold, mm. and others thirtyfold. Mm. So, could you say that the one that produced the five, who was given the five, was a sixtyfold uh, versus a hundredfold? Mm. In other words, there is some production there. There is some fruit. He has not cast it away. He has made something profitable out of what was given him. Yeah. He did show stewardship mm-hmm. over what the Lord had committed to him. Mm. And so there's a reward of right now over five cities. But yeah. They both doubled what they, what, yeah. what they had. 100% production. Yeah, yeah even with the five, he, he doubled it to five. Yeah. The five produced five. And if you go to Matthew 25, the second group, Jesus said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you rule over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. That's exactly what he said to the first one. If you go to Matthew 25, there's no... Yeah, because you're almost judging... Yeah. You're judging the, the five against the ten. 
And so maybe the five did the best he could with what they with his, his I think I think a lot of it has to do with the motive. Uh, a lot of it has because in this particular verse, no, the first two servants are right on par with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I agree with you. When we're talking about the servants, they're right on par. But when we're talking about uh, the motive of we today, who are either hot for the Lord, lukewarm for the Lord, or cold for the Lord. The lukewarm Christian may not even be a Christian. Some of them may, 50% of them may, maybe maybe, maybe not. It, it is the issue. Yeah, but would you, claim, would you claim a lukewarm Christian compared to whom? You know, that maybe you're saying this lukewarm I'm saying it depends upon the motive. If the motive is just to do things, yeah, if it depends upon the motive, the people, uh, if their motive is, I'm just going to do what I have to do, then that their motive is not out of love. Some people who did, who would uh, do the very best that they could uh, and, uh, and uh, double, double it, uh, or make five or whatever, it's because their motive was that they tried and they were not strong enough to be able to to produce whatever the whatever it's motive. That's really what it is. Your heart. You take a look at Cain and Abel uh, with their gifts. It's motive. But to simplify it, you have two believers, two two, pers- two groups of people that are representative of believers. The third group is representative of unbelievers. Yeah. Right. Right. To yeah. simplify it. Yeah. Yeah. Now right. the other okay. question is the right. second type person group. Uh, Signifies uh, production and fruitfulness, okay. or is he looked down upon because he only produces five versus no ten? No I think it has to do with capacity. No the Lord right. capacitates individual Christians. Yeah. You know, you have in the body of those that are the eyes, you have those that are the toes. Yeah. It would be unexpected that that I'm going to be an apostle Paul, that I'm a special vessel, and that I'm going to bring forth fruit, if you will, a hundredfold, or multiply X amount of talents when I'm not given that degree of accountability or, or responsibility. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I hate it when I'm corrected, okay? Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's kind of what I was saying. Like, the one that had the ten that multiplied ten more, he just had other gifts that he utilized to his fullest extent. And same, with, same thing with the five. Maybe God didn't gift him with as much, but he still had the same output. Yeah. And I, I think that's what matters. Like, regardless of if you do this or you do that, how, you know, how, how are you using the gifts that God's given you? Are you using them to the fullest extent, or are you just kind of sitting on them, or, or not doing anything, and just like, ah, you know, I don't feel like doing that now, or, yeah, I guess I'm good at this, maybe I should do that, but, nah, I don't know. You started out with, John, though, you, you talked about love <coughs> for the Lord being mm. the motivating thing. Yeah. Mm. Likewise, just after First Corinthians... 12 where it talks about all the gifts and everything else it says yet I show you a better way mm. and so it doesn't matter if you can do everything if you don't have love yeah you're just a noisy minor maker you know yeah no definitely definitely no, it sounds like motive to me woe to thee some people don't let things go <laughs> um yeah I mean that's that's basically everything I thankfully I got through it I didn't think I would but does anyone else have anything they want to interject or Again, I think I think the the main point you can disagree with this, John, if you want, but the main point is the uh, the interval between Christ's resurrection and return is that He is crowned King right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's another paraphrastic way of 
translating the earlier part where the nobleman goes into a far country yes. and receives for himself mm-hmm. a kingdom. Yeah. A simplistic way would be that a king goes to the far country to get crowned. Yes. yes. Jesus was king on earth, but he's crowned in heaven. Yes. And that crownship of Jesus has to be recognized by people here who are, you could say, in the distant country from him who's in the far country. Yes. We're separated from him, like Paul says, being absent from the Lord versus being present with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Right now, Mm -hmm. we're in a state of absence from the Lord. That is, we're not in his physical presence. And that's where, you know, I brought, brought up about the Exodus account where the Israelites took advantage of Moses' absence and said, hey, where is he? He's gone. Let's go back to what we used to practice in Egypt. Let's build for ourselves an idol. So mm. everybody, you know, deposits their jewelry mm. and Aaron, you know, becomes a tool in their hands and they produce a molten calf that they all gather around and worship. But it's all because of the absence of Moses. Mm. And in, in Christ's absence from us, it's the testing time. Do we, by faith, live this life and are we being productive mm. with the, quote, minors that he has given to us? Mm. Yeah, I, I really think, you know, him going into all the, the, the different servants and, and all, that was kind of bearing the lead in a sense because I really think the parable was him saying, don't expect when we walk over this hill that the kingdom's going to be here. Yeah. Like, that, that was Morris' point. I'm going away. Mm-hmm. But when I come back, here's what you can expect. Do you think also that it causes us to... I'm fascinated with this second servant. Do you think that the second servant, uh, the mention of the second servant, and uh, causes... It's just there to cause us to consider ourselves. And what are we doing, as you suggested, with our spiritual gifts? Mm. Are we using them to the full? Or do we need to step up to the plate and, and do more? You know? Yeah, well, I think too it can be used where you know you get we can easily look at other people and be like, oh man, if I could do that, I you know I would be serving God right now, man. If I if I could do that or this, man, I, I would be there. You know, it's easy to like look outside of us, yeah. but we should be saying, no, 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 no. What can you do? Mm. Like, what what can I do myself? I don't care what what brother Pat can do or brother Gary can do. You know what 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 you know what can I do? Amen. Like they're they're being at they're being at their fullest extent doing what they should be doing. What should I be doing? And I think that's why that maybe that five came in where it's like, look, you didn't you didn't have ten and double it, but you had five and doubled it. Yeah. 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 Like that he gave him five and he's faithful with the five. Like yeah. I, it's, it's faithfulness and love for the. So what happened to the other seven? (laughs) Even ten minors. We're all given the same. And some... What's the chapter? Yes, but... That's chapter 19. Luke 19, verse 13. No, I mean in Matthew. 
You have to keep in mind hermeneutically there's something going on in Luke that's not going on in Matthew. The original yeah. audience did not know yeah. the Matthew story. Yeah. They knew the Luke stories. Yeah, exactly. That, that's why I'm saying they're, they're two different so whatever occasions. They so from Luke, it's you know, similar whatever, but whatever, not exactly. Yeah, whatever Luke was recorded, he recorded for a purpose. It may be that Matthew recorded certain things in there that have to do with the audience. To which yeah, there's, there's a different story. application of Matthew which I didn't even get into. Yeah, so but I just think that point is, uh, you know, I, I agree. We 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 do get, we just do get, we just are that way. Who's better looking? Who's yeah. taller? Who's shorter? Who's got more money? Who's got the coolest car? Who's got the yeah. most gifts? Are they, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And it just never stops. And we constantly are dealing with that. <coughs> and it shows up all over our lives. And what that ends up doing is <coughs> making some people sort of feel bad that they don't sort of do what someone else does. And it's very the devil is insidious. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brother Mo, boy, he posted something yesterday. Let me see if I can find this in my Twitter account. <laughs> and I'll share it because um, he said it so succinctly uh, that it bears sharing, I think. Because he, he gets... Uh, yeah, cause, I mean, when we stand he before... Said, Satan's very smart. Yeah. He's <laughs> maneuvered many well-intentioned believers into a self-powered walk that's more religious than spiritual. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Uh, and, and I think that's right, man. I mean, I think that... Uh, he even said here, progressive holiness is not accelerated or increased by how many Christian books you've read. You may be twice poorer now than before. So we just got to be careful. Mm. Not to get mm. bogged down in that. Yeah, I mean, when we stand before him, it's just going to be you and him. And that's it, man. And, and you're gonna, are you going to say to God, oh, but God, you know, I, I couldn't do this like so-and-so or that like so-and-so. And, he's gonna, and God's just going to be like, no, what did you do with what I gave you? Yeah. You know, it's, it, that's, that, that, and I think that's, that's right in, you know, you. kind of coming back to the guy with five. It's like, this is what I did. And, you know. I, I get it. I get it. I think All right, right, let's wrap it up so folks can get upstairs. And thank you, Joe. Yeah, thank, oh, no, thank you. Great parable. Great thank job you. on that. Let's, uh, let's ask someone here. Can you stand when you close us in prayer?